1: Hi guys, and welcome back to the Balanced Blonde podcast, Soul on Fire. This is our third episode, and today we have a very special guest. Her name is Sophie Jaffe. You probably know her from Instagram, Philosophy Mama, sharing her beautiful photos of her yoga poses, her gorgeous model-like family, her kids, Kai and Leo, who we're going to talk about a lot in this episode, who I love so much and who make me want to be a mother way sooner than I probably would otherwise because they're just such sweet kids. They're so awesome. Sophie's also an entrepreneur. She has a company called Philosophy. It's a superfoods company. She has powders. She has coconut butters. She has superfood infused honeys. She is a retreat leader. She is a Uh, raw food chef she's had some incredible very big name clients as a raw food chef she basically does it all she's also my dear friend and i'm so excited to have her here on the podcast we've gotten a lot of requests to have sophie on so pretty lucky that she just came right over to be my third guest so sophie why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners yay
0: well thanks for having me this is so fun (laughs) Um yeah, I mean Jordan and I met just super serendipitously. We're just kind of like we're attracted to each other, I think, I think through social world and blogging and just like we just kept finding each other. And then I was visiting New York and I reached out and then we met up. And did we take yoga together? Or we met oh yeah, we did. No, we went to Moda. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So we met in New York and we went to yoga together and then we grabbed food afterwards and just like instantly fell in love. And like, instantly, and it was super, like, we were in, and then you were kind of flirting with the idea of coming back to LA and living here, and then you moved back, and so now it's just kind of the rest is history, but it's been so fun simultaneously, side by side, both of our careers growing and bouncing ideas off of each other and just growing and you being my teacher and vice versa. It's been just so much fun, so... I'm so happy to be on this and to talk and get a little deeper. Um, Yeah, so I'm a superfood guru. I have a superfood company called Philosophy, and we have a whole array of superfood powders that you can throw into smoothies. We have coconut butters that are infused with the superfood powders, and then we also have honeys and do-it-yourself cleanses that are all food-based and really um, nurturing and wholesome instead of depriving and Um, A whole bunch of other things. And, yeah, I'm a yoga instructor. And back in my day, I was a personal trainer for a little while. So that comes through sometimes when I do um, fitness classes and stuff like that. And, yeah, I'm a mama to two little ones, Kai and Leo. And just trying to kind of um, navigate this world of wellness, being a mom and um, being in L.A. and trying to stay true to my nature and, and figure out what that looks like on any given day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So cool. Well, when she says trying to stay true to her nature, that is so, so, so true because Sophie is just 1000% so true to who she is, which inspires me on a daily basis. I tell her that all the time. Sometimes all I have to do is open Instagram or go to Sophie's Facebook or her blog or something and just see... A very inspiring usually very long just like me post about how she's feeling and what's going on and she's so completely radically honest about everything so if she's having problems with you know life people anything you know it and that's what I love about Sophie is just she's so out there so honest and she shows us that even people with incredible careers amazing, most gorgeous family in the whole entire world, just everything, have bad days too. We all do. So Sophie is always very true to herself, which I love. I'm so grateful to have her in my life. I have all these questions written for her because we could just totally go back and forth in conversation forever. Um, We'll start with what sets Sophie's soul on fire? Because this is the Soul on Fire podcast. You have absolutely set your soul on fire in every area of your life is, is is what it seems. So tell us how you set your soul on fire and also just how you do that on a daily basis. So not just like in the larger scheme of your whole company and your family and all of that, but just like, what's, what's your daily routine like to make sure that your soul is happy?
0: I love that question. I just said how much I love the name of this podcast. Soul on fire is so beautiful. Um, it's funny. I'll kind of like answer that question, but Adi and I started a company called ignited i g n t d ignited, and it's going to be ignited women, ignited co-ed, ignited men, and then uh, ignited um, couples. and it'll be our retreats that we lead. It'll be workshops, and so we should totally collaborate on that. But I just see that mix and kind of like the same thing that we're aiming towards or kind of striving for, which is igniting your soul igniting your truest self like that fire within and it's the same idea I think we're all kind of scrambling and trying to grab at whatever we can to just feel that true nature of who we are and what sets our soul on fire and I think um, it can be really basic easy simple things for me it's just more about coming back to the basics like taking a bath with a book and you know and being quiet and putting my phone on airplane mode and reading or journaling, just things that, um, what's the word? I just heard this. There's this word now, is it Danish? It's like a word that essentially represents, I don't think we have an English translation. I'll think of the word, but it's essentially a word that encapsulates the feeling of things that are nurturing. So face-to-face time, journaling, a nice cup of tea, those feelings I think it's Danish I'm gonna figure out what it is but it's it's there's even like cafes there that that like you have to put your phone away and you have to do these it's all about these nurturing things so So same idea that's what sets your soul on fire is just things that are super basic but nurturing on a soul level and just getting back to your own your own truth whatever that looks like that's such a good answer. Well, I feel the exact, yeah, I need to know the word because that's, well,
1: that'll probably become the new name of my podcast, yeah, 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 maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. for season two, yeah. because that's, that's everything. And that's kind of how I try to spend my days too. I take a bath every night with Hudson, knocking stuff over into the bath as people who follow me on Snapchat Can know last night. Yes, toast. yes, yes, yes. That was one of the first things you ever gave me. You gave me some philosophy superfoods and some bath soaks from your sister. Oh, so you cool. I do need to be yep. stocked, So I can totally agree with all that yep. from the journaling to just like self-care, I think, exactly. is the overall vibe here, yep. which probably goes back to that Danish word too, mm-hmm. is just to learn how to take care of ourselves. Because if we don't do that, you can be the most outwardly successful, almost go, go, go person who doesn't take care of yourself and you're not fulfilled and you're wondering at the end of the day, why am I so high strung? Why do I have so much anxiety? And it's probably because you're you're just not taking care of yourself or you haven't found what you need to take care of yourself. Some people hate to take baths. Some people hate to journal. That would be stressful for some people. So to find what works for them, maybe it's an intense workout or a really relaxing restorative yoga class something like that. So I think it's really cool because Sophie gives a lot of different options for all of that with her whole lifestyle, kind of just like me. So because we're kind of the same person. Um, So I know I am not the only person out there who is completely obsessed with Kai and Leo. Sophie's extremely adorable, just like God-given children. They're so cute. They're (laughs) supermodels. And – I have written here that Kai may very well grow up to be the next Gandhi. He's so sweet. He just radiates this like insanely kind vibe. So what is your philosophy on motherhood? And tell us a funny story or two about the boys. I'm
0: sure you have a million. Yeah. Where do I start? Um, I think when it comes to parenting, it's really about staying curious and letting them sort of guide, you know, like there are certain things, obviously, like they're not going to drive the car. Um, They're not in in, in all ways, like I'm driving this kind of thing. But at the same time, it's just being open to like letting them kind of set the pace and the rhythm and they have so much to teach me. So I think allowing the space for that instead of being in like this disciplinarian hierarchy, like I, I'm the boss and you're like the little submissive child, like it's not like that and it, it shouldn't be. And they can pick up on that energy. You don't want to go into like a fearful place with the children. So for me, I've really, you know, and I, I really don't read parenting books, so I don't know, I don't have terminology for any of this. I've just been going with experience, you know, like kind of on a whim and what works for me and what works for the kids is having boundaries, having rules, but then being having letting there to be some flexibility within that, so like we don't hit if you hit you 're going to go to peace time or time out or whatever you want to call it, we call it peace time um, but it but it it being like it 's just the rule you're just we don 't hit each other there's no violence in the house, and they know that, so if something you know they 'll they'll kind of like experience something or see a show or something and they'll be like, mommy, you wouldn't like it because there's violence. And they, they know (laughs) that they know that. Yeah. So like they can still experience the world and like, okay, they might watch that show with their dad or they might go to a friend's house and see that thing, but they know that I don't like it. And they know that in our home, we don't, we don't like violence Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. We don't like violence. We don't like negativity. We don't like complaining. We don't, you know, like we're, it's there's certain things that I drill home and certain concepts through the books we read. You know, like we read a lot of books that I feel like there's no time to waste. So if you're going to read books, like, yeah, there's the fun books that are like great poems or like maybe they love Elmo when they're a baby. And, but as they get older, like I want to take reading time at the end of the day to like focus on concepts that I want to I drive home as, in terms of their core. And, like, when it comes to school, like, you know, they now, Kai goes to a Waldorf school, which is all about the things that I'm trying to parent and drive home. So now I'm like, okay, at school, good. Yes. After school, what are we going to do to, like, nurture that? Okay, well, as long as they're with me and I'm, like, we do yoga together, we play, we, you know, take a box and turn it into a spaceship. Like, we work really hard to have that sort of time together after school or on the weekends that's nurturing their souls and teaching them to be good people. Um from, ex- from my example but also just by teaching them like we don't do that. We don't do that. This is how we treat people or donating, like bringing a homeless person a sandwich, like just leading by example but teaching them the why, you know, and then also like finding great books that support that so that it's just co- coming from all angles, you know. Um, but yeah, I'd say when it comes to my parenting, it's all about just teaching them to be a good person and that people make mistakes. I have actually kind of crazy story. Do you want to hear it? Hi. So this morning, I haven't even said this out loud yet. This morning, Kai was, Adi was taking Kai to school. And you can research my husband, Dr. Adi Jaffe, and like look up maybe drug addiction or something. But yeah, so Adi went to jail like a, a long time ago before I knew him. And Adi now has his PhD in psychology. He has an outpatient rehab, focusing on moderation. He's literally his daily life is, is saving people's lives and, and making the world a better place. But he has this crazy history and apparently Kai overheard us one day saying that Kai, Adi went to jail. Oh. So this morning, oh <laughs> on the God. way to school, Kai asked Adi, like, did you go to prison? Oh my God. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I asked Adi, like, what did you say? And he was like, how did you hear that? And he said, I heard you and mommy talking. Oh, my God. <laughs> and was he, concerned, he, just, he, he wasn't was he like, yeah, he was just curious. And so Adi explained, he was like, well, you know, Abba did some things that that aren't great. And he, I, I did bad things and I got punished for it. And I did go to jail and he told the difference between prison and jail. And like, it's a shorter time in jail and kind of explained the difference. And you know how heady he is. He's very cerebral. Yeah. So Kai was just like soaking it all up and understood. Right. He right. really right. wanted to know. Yeah. And yeah, so he just was very honest and he said it broke his heart. Yeah, and but the, But it's also... But Adi did a, a Ted talk on shame and just all about fuck shame. Like, yes. and so definitely Google Ted talk, Adi Jaffe, but it, that comes back to that. Like even with your own child, like what are you, you want to live your truth in all moments, even with your child. What, what is there to be a, like ashamed of? You did something wrong. What's the difference between jail as an adult and time out as a kid? There's not a big difference, yes. right? Yeah. So Teaching that. Like, if we do something bad, there are repercussions. That is one thing they definitely need to learn yeah, for later for sure. on. Anyway, so that's my funny, oh my that crazy story. Funny story. Yeah. I didn't think I would get something like that. Why? That, that, that you never said out loud yeah. before. Well, that's cool. I think
1: that's kind of the epitome of Sophie and Adi and the way that they live their lives is they're very open and honest, as everybody should yeah. be, because everybody it's has a history. Context, right? We've all been through something. You're a
0: six-year-old with wide eyes. Like yeah. You're talking, you go to jail. Like that's your moment.
1: Right. We like, all want to teach our kids these things. When
0: they and they hear about and they learn about drugs, and they're you know. Yeah, and then they can what know. Do you guys and think? we're going to tell the truth. We're exactly. Say, There's a time and a place. We're going to tell our true philosophy, and that. That's, those are the ultimate tests in life. Is like showing up, being authentic, no matter if your voice shakes, no matter yes, if it scares you. exactly.
1: That's so true. And I think better that Kai found out now when he's young and he can just say to Adi, like, yeah. what's the deal? Yeah. And find out so that he can grow up knowing, yeah. like, Oh, okay. Right, exactly. Yeah. And to know, like, that's yeah. what happens if yeah. you do something wrong. There are repercussions, and it's, pro- it's a good thing to learn. Yeah. And he knows his dad is yeah. like a superhero to yeah. him, so it's not going to change yeah. his view in any way whatsoever. Very
0: clear, like, I just, I don't do bad things anymore. Like, right. I, just, I don't do bad things anymore, and if I do, then I'm going to have to go back. Right. as anyone would. Exactly. Know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's so crazy. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I love... I love hearing all of that. It just fascinates me to hear. I love Kai and Leo. They're just my little spirit animals. Um, So aside from family, because your family's wonderful, Adi's wonderful, the kids are wonderful, your company is your other baby. The rest of your family, I would say, Philosophy Superfoods is just such a game changer in the wellness industry. How did you come up with the idea to start the
0: company and how has it grown into what it is today? Yeah, so I'll try and keep this short since I've been rambling and rambling, but um, (laughs) it's going to go like four hours later. Um, Philosophy was a very organic start. It, um, It all started kind of out of my own kitchen. I was making group cleanses for people in LA. I'm a raw food chef, and I was leading group cleanses, and I had a commercial kitchen in L.A., and I was just making these big batches of superfoods anyway. No stevia, which was really important to me, to have a protein powder that had no sugar or stevia, no soy, but still had high protein and tasted good. And that's tricky. So I have the green one, the berry one, and the chocolate one. And I figured it out. I figured out a way to make it so that they're not chalky, so that they don't taste gross by themselves, that they can enhance a dish and the flavor profile instead of take away from it or change it. Um, So yeah, so I just started packaging that. And at that point, they were $200 a pound because I was literally taking them off the shelves retail and then reselling them in these beautiful formulated things. And then over time, I'd figure out ways to cut prices, and I'd get bigger bulks, and the demand was high. So then I could grow and I grew with that but all of it was very organic based on what I was doing anyway for myself or for my clients and then I just wanted to make it on a bigger scale so I could help more people but it was very much like it wasn't like I've always known I was gonna be an entrepreneur I always knew I wanted to have a superfood company not even close it just happened to me and it just from demand and from the people in my life and what they were wanting and needing from my clients to my own friends I needed something that was non-perishable I needed a product that I believed in and something that that people wanted anyway were buying from me anyway. So that's where it started, and then it kind of w- took off from there. Yeah, so cool. So
1: I'm just curious because I, I haven't thought about this before. Why did you not want stevia in it? Was it just because you don't like the taste of stevia or there are, like, horm- hormone things with that or what?
0: No, stevia, I, I don't hate on stevia in general if it's a really clean source. Like, we have a stevia plant that we, like, grab little leaves off. I just don't want necessarily... I wanna add sweetness from what I wanna add sweetness to. I want to add a banana because of the nutri- nutrient profile and because of the sweetness it provides. I, if there's stevia in it, half the battles, it's already done for me. Also for like the green one, I use it a lot in savory things. Like I'll make a soup more protein dense by adding the green dream. Imagine if the green dream had stevia in it. You can't put that in a butternut squash soup. That'll taste gross. So that, that overwhelming sweet flavor of every protein powder on the market, uh-huh. literally every protein powder yeah, on the market has either sugar or stevia in it. You can't get, there's not vers- versatility in that. You can't make a pesto and add your protein powder to that. True. So I wanted it to be able to be more versatile so that the client, the customer could actually decide I want to make this savory or sweet or not.
1: I like that. I was just curious because I never really thought about that because I always use your protein powders for sweet things Mm -hmm. because 99% of what I eat is sweet, whether it be with... Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I like that too. And of course, Stevia does have a little bit of like... It's just such an overwhelming taste. Yeah
0: too much you can't
1: bake with stevia exactly yeah okay well that that just goes to show how versatile your powders are and they're so delicious you guys you have to try them so you and i have discussed this quite a bit this is actually something we were talking about this morning we talk about this all the time how do you delegate and let people into your business without giving away all the power and creative control that you've worked so hard to cultivate? Do you think that getting help has helped you a lot or do you still gravitate toward wanting to do everything yourself or what? And I ask this because I still have such a hard time delegating, but I need so much help. Like I need so much help, but I hate to give up any control. So what have you found with all of this? Yeah
0: this is hard and it's something, it's definitely an ebb and flow. I've gotten to the place where I had way, I'd say like this time last year, I had too much help and too many people. And at that point I actually hired someone who was supposed to be kind of almost like a mini me or like CEO. And it just got too far away from me Mm -hmm. and I wasn't doing enough. And so the company started to fail. It started to, my sales were like $0 days, which I haven't had in now, since then, but you know, zero dollar days when I'm I'm I, I ship internationally. Like I have plenty of crazy. So it was a, a, com- a complete direct result of letting go of too much control and not having my hands in the pot at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't make a soup from sitting in the middle of like outside of outside of the restaurant, right? Like I need to at least be in the kitchen and be like, okay, throw that spice in there. I can tell you put in too much, like. And you need to be close enough, especially at this stage where I'm at. And honestly, probably forever, I want to have at least my hands in the pot sometimes. And so anyway, so I got rid of pretty much everyone. I went back to basics and I started doing everything myself from going out in stores to doing demos. um, You know, which like I could hire someone for $12 an hour to go do it, but they're not me. Mm -hmm. So I went back to basics. I went back to doing demos. I went back to answering every email myself, which from the website, my business cards, you know, newsletter, I mean, hundreds of emails a day. And I went back to doing all of that. I went back to doing my own social, like just, I went back to basics so that I could really see where, where I needed help. And so now I'm in a more moderate place of like, I have someone helping with copywriting on the blog. I have someone helping with the newsletter. I don't need to be making the newsletter. I need to create the content for the newsletter. I don't need to do the newsletter weekly. That's hours of my time. I don't need to be fucking formatting a newsletter. Like that's not my strength and not where I need to be spending my energy. Um, so things like that, where it's like, absolutely not. Do I need to do that? And we have all this great content. I don't need to be doing my own Facebook. Like for my business, I can hire an expert in social media and be like, here's all this great content. Please trickle that in mm-hmm. and approve it by me. You know, like I want to see. I want to make sure it's in my voice. I want to make sure that I can edit things. But like, I don't need to post that smoothie on that day like someone else can do that someone else can press send so it, it it got kind of so big and out of control I the company got too big the employees got too much the the money was just out 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 going out going out not enough coming in so I cut it all off and then got back to in, rail rent what's it called wrangled in, it in wrangled it in um and yeah, so now I'm at a place where I have someone who helps with social media, but not all of it. I still do my own Instagram and then I still go in and do other, like I'll, I'll chime in on everything, but mostly it's like a schedule that um, Steve does and he helps with marketing. And then I have, yeah, that's kind of, I have a few demo people. I have a salesperson now that only just now started because up to this point I was doing it all on my own and now I'm just at the point where I don't have the space to maintain that. And again, it comes back to managing. I'm not great at managing. So I don't need to be managing all my stores. I can't keep on top of that. I can't be calling people all the time. I need someone else to do that. So I just hired someone to do sales. Um, We're in over 100 stores nationwide. Actually, worldwide, we're in stores in Paris now. And yeah, but I can't maintain that. And and we're not going to grow if I'm the one maintaining it. And I want to grow. So now it's about, okay, where can I delegate that's going to help me release more time so I can do interviews, so I can do podcasts, so I can be the personality and the face of the company, so I can go do demos, which I love to do and meet my customers and have conversations and see what they love and see what they want differently. I have to be able to be on in those ways. So I don't need to be spending my time doing things that someone else can do. Yeah, that's such good advice.
1: It's so hard because your company is your baby. It becomes your baby. That's that's how I feel about the balance bond, and so with our companies being so closely linked to who we are, with philosophy is literally like Philo Sophie. It's it Sophie, and then there is the balance bond is completely just me. So it's so hard because you don't want
0: somebody like in your voice, right? I, I my only thing from what I've been like gathering over the last few months of just like really honing in and what I want. I don't want there to be one philosophy, Mama everyone needs to find the philosophy within them and everyone needs to find the balance within them, right? Everyone needs to find that balance blonde within themselves and everyone needs to find the philosophy that works for them. So that way it can become global instead of it just being you. There's no way you can be everywhere. There's no way I can be everywhere. And you don't want something that's so centered around yourself that like it can
1: never grow and it's literally just you because that's just the world on your shoulders and it doesn't give any variety like people want variety exactly so yeah yeah. so to be able to lead but also to delegate is so important and I think that's so cool with just growing a business and seeing how your business has grown and seeing how Brandon who was on the podcast first episode it was the same thing it's like Liquid IV is Brandon Mm -hmm. but without Scaling out, they would never be where they are now. Just
0: like philosophy, so that's really good. Yeah, we're trying to kind of focus. Like now, we have like philosophy babes, which you, you should definitely be one of the next ones. And this is focused on people that just really embody the philosophy spirit, and they're out there. You know, they're spreading the word about philosophy. They're sharing great photos. They're really embodying. So we have we keep picking like a few people that really embody that, and celebrate that person and you know so so that's another thing is like i'm not the only philosophy babe all of the girls in this tribe are philosophy babes so that's one way that we're kind of opening up the door to that and um and encouraging others to be a part of this tribe instead of it all just being about me yeah i like that
1: so somehow between all of the hats that you wear everything that you do you're able to stay in incredible
0: shape how do you do that what is your fitness routine It's funny, I have toned down my workouts so much, and it feels so good, good. and it's funny, because it's like, I'm not obsessing as much, like, I I know, and I'm 32, so I've had, like, years of insecurities, eating disorders, bullshit, like, raw vegan life, life, um, body dysmorphic, like, crazy town, like, obsessive about numbers and calories, and And I'm just so far from that now that it's the opposite of what I want. Like I see a scale. I'm like, I don't even want anything to do with you. Like I don't even (laughs) want to look, don't look at me because I'm not Not looking at you because it just makes you fucking crazy. And I refuse to go back to that place. Mm -hmm. So now like, I think I did yoga twice this week. That's it, literally. And like, I feel fine. I'm not getting fat tomorrow. I'm not like, and so just trust that like, I'm putting good energy into my body by not obsessing. It's like releasing and allowing me to just listen to my body. Like one day I may wake up and want to run four miles. If not, I'm not going to like kill myself over it. Um, And I think think it's much more a mentality. I think it's more about just being balanced. Like if I know I haven't worked out in a while, like I'll go on a really long walk or I'll like do pushups at the park with the kids. It's like more about maintaining just joy in it all instead of obsessing over like doing what I think I should be doing. Um, and same with food. Like I don't, I eat as much as I need in that moment. And then I'm like, okay, I'm good. And then not judging that and being like, Oh, I didn't have a dinner, like proper dinner. I'm only having dessert. Like who cares? It's just my, every day we are changing and shifting from like how much sleep we got to the energy that's around us to like mentally, how much we're giving to physically, how much we're giving, like there is no blueprint for how we should be eating and moving our bodies every day. There's just not oh you know that, so that's what I'm trying to like really just live and be and be okay with it. like I have no idea how much I weigh. I may be five to ten pounds heavier than what I wish, but like living in that fear is gonna is not makes it not worth it mm-hmm. and also being that five to ten pounds less Might makes me a little crazy. Little extra, you know. It makes me crazy because then I can't have that piece of chocolate like Alex and I shared a butterfinger last night like I totally even forgot about that this morning when 10 years ago 5 years ago I would have beat myself up like oh now I have to work out in the morning because I had that butterfinger I'm just not there anymore it's just like why that is that is takes so much more work it takes happiness away from it it takes joy away from it and it's just what's the point Mm -hmm. so I feel like I'm saving a lot of energy by not like overly expending it on worrying and obsessing over calories, my weight, what I'm eating when, like just going off how I feel and not judging myself over it. I'm not like a fat person or a bad person because I didn't work out for three days. Like, but even if I were like, I'm not, you know, like yeah. it doesn't, doesn't make no, you like exactly. a, a worse person because you don't work out. Like it doesn't matter. And just because I'm a fitness person, I'm also a balanced person. And yeah. You know, so it's about just kind of living that and being true to what I'm wanting instead of like what I think I should be doing. Yeah,
1: that is such an awesome answer. I feel the same way. It's crazy because I've gone through such fitness ups and downs. I mean, people know about my food phases but my fitness phases are crazy yeah. I mean last year I ran the LA marathon yeah. which you almost did with yeah. me and like probably good that you didn't because yeah. it was so insane but yeah. it was so fun yeah. was running all the time after that was also running all the time was doing half marathon half marathons yeah. I'm signed up for a half marathon this weekend in Big Sur you've done that one yeah, before to that I'm not gonna do it no I'm job. going to Big Sur yeah. I have this big trip planned with so many of my friends yeah. I'm so excited yeah. I'm running the 5k that's Amazing. attached to it Great. I've told. One of them not so far. And Aww. they're like, What do you mean? You you're the runner here. I'm like, no, no, I don't want to. Like, my body doesn't want to.
0: It's here's the thing: it's the intensity. It's yeah. like, must eat this amount of calories, must eat this da-da-da. Must like yeah, work it's out it's really crazy. hard. And like
1: right. And it actually like spikes your cortisol. So yeah. for me, it's like well, it's right. everything is spiked. My hormones are high, my stress levels are high. I'm running around. I actually hold on to extra weight because I'm like, oh, my God, I have to run. I have to run 10 miles. Like, I can't even go to yoga today. Oh, I can go to yoga, but, like, it has to be a really rigorous class. And it's just so much stress. And actually, with this teacher training that I'm doing, the 300-hour, I've just been doing tons of yoga, like, mainly light yoga. And I feel better. I feel lighter. It's just about feeling. Mm -hmm. So, like, I feel lighter. I feel like I'm in better shape yeah. and like I haven't done like proper cardio in a while and you know I was also like six days a week yeah. orange theory exactly. high intensity interval yeah. training if I didn't lift weights and sprint every day I thought I, I was a, a failure yeah, yeah like oh I didn't work out like just crazy yeah. stuff yeah. but I feel so good right I now know. like all I want to do is go to yoga take baths, yep. cuddle with my cat. Yep. Like I've, ju- I'm just a different person right now. Yeah. Like probably next year I'll run a half marathon sure. and I'll be so excited, sure. but I might not. Yeah. And like, who cares? We okay. just, yeah, we just change we all, all the time. And flows and like being true to that. Exactly. Yeah. And it's cool to hear that from Sophie specifically, you guys, because Sophie has a six pack. <laughs> she is just like such a, She's so in shape, and And to be in shape is like obviously a lifestyle thing. It's not about like how many ab crunches. Mind, body,
0: body, soul. It's like much more mind, mind, I would say. Yeah, it is.
1: Mind and soul. Yeah, mind and soul, because your body will follow suit. You will balloon up physically, mentally, emotionally if you're stressed. And I'm not saying high intensity is a bad thing because some people thrive. Yeah, and I thrive off of high intensity in times (laughs) where I want to, but my life is high intensity, your life is high intensity, so I need to to balance, balance, supplement, like, that's what I've learned from Ayurveda and from therapy is, like, I was not supplementing, I was pounding. Yeah. Oh, yeah, here, this is, it's not as dirty as it looks, I swear, (laughs) there's cinnamon at the bottom of my water glass, she's drinking it now, um. Okay, so I have one more question yeah. until we dive into the questions from our readers. Yeah. We have a lot of the same oh. followers, Sophie and I, so people were really excited to have her on. Yay. But, well, I have more questions, but I don't want to monopolize. So, oh, well, oh, I'm going to go into my fun questions because okay. these are really exciting. If you and a D had another child, yeah. Yeah. what would you... Oh, my God,
0: really? Yeah. Not, what would not? you... Do you have any names picked out? That's my question. For a boy or a girl. Well, I'm only having a girl. Yeah, that would for sure have to happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm only having a girl. Um, trust me, I will work as much as I possibly can. To There's all these, like, ways to naturally have a girl or a boy, like, to pick the gender. Yeah. So I'm going to work really hard to have a girl. But I'm, we have to, like, hit, a pin- I know, we have to basically hit, like, a certain number of, like, we have all these agreements between a D and I because I'm, like, ready to go. Uh-huh. Um, but he's, like, no, he's much more practical than I am. So mm-hmm. once we hit these, yeah, such a man, such a Virgo. Um, so you want to have a girl and I want to name her Yael and call her L, And it's a really it's a Hebrew name. So yeah. L or Yael. Beautiful.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. Oh my god,
0: a little sister for
1: Kai and Leo. You'll her into oh, hair. they will die. I've seen them with <laughs> Katie Schuler's daughter, even yeah. just in pictures. I They're know. perfect. Yeah, them. no, so cute. Okay, another fun question. What is your favorite thing to do on a weekend night when you have a babysitter and no responsibilities? Oh.
0: Well, if I had a babysitter and she was also, she or he was staying the next morning, so I wasn't on morning duty, um, I would, if I had all day to play and then that night, I would probably go on a hike with my husband, which we rarely get to do, and just enjoy spending as much time as we want together without being rushed Um, and maybe like go to brunch or something. And then I would definitely dance my ass off and go somewhere that has great music and just just go wild and just have fun and just be free. And I just, I love um, not having that. I so rarely have the wiggle room to be able to just have a morning where I sleep in and wake up when I want to instead of when the kids wake me up. So I would just stay up all night dancing <laughs> and then sleep in as long as I want to and then have room service.
1: Yes. Oh my god, room
0: service. Room service is always on my list oh, of like top 5 best things
1: in the whole world. And then take a morning nap yes, morning service. nap after room service, heaven. Um uh, what is your favorite unhealthy indulgence that is so totally worth it to you?
0: And I say unhealthy quote unquote because yeah. obviously, yeah. you know. I mean, I definitely have a sweet tooth, so I'd say just about anything would be okay with me if it's <laughs> um, from, like, pumpkin pie around the holidays to pecan pie. I love pecan pie. I, my dad and I die over pecan pie. Um, Yeah, same, same. So, pecan pie for sure is, like, top around the holidays. And then, honestly, like, I'm a sucker for, like, super dark chocolate cakes and... I'm like, I just, I like really rich things. Like I am a sugar person. So like I want sweet, sweet, sweet. And people are like, oh, I can't possibly, this is too chocolatey. I'm like, hand it over. <laughs> Let me handle this. <laughs> I got this.
1: Yeah, So good. Yeah. I'm the exact same way. When people say like, oh, that was way too rich. <laughs> I could only take two bites. I'm like, it all to me how, bad. how, yeah, how do you figure? What? Because if it's That's too rich, point. yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I will definitely eat the whole thing. Okay, so one more last fun question before we dive into the reader questions. Tell us something about Sophie that we would never know if you weren't telling us right now in this moment.
0: I don't know. It's hard. Mm. Um, if I wasn't telling you right now something about myself that you would never know. Mm. Oh, here's one. I used to have a gap in between my teeth. And I felt so insecure about it that when I was 13, my dentist did bonding and, like, essentially fixed it. Uh-huh. So I never had braces. I didn't need braces. But I had okay. one gap in between my teeth. And it. I was so self-conscious that when I would laugh, I would cover my mouth. And it's really sad, actually, because I, like, now I'm like, damn it, why did I do that? Right. You know, it's kind of like my bushy eyebrows. Like, damn it, why did I pluck them so much in high school? You know, like, they would be so full now. Like, the same yeah. kind of thing. Like, If I just could have gotten through the uncomfortable 13, 14, you know, like when people are just so mean and like I used to get made fun of because of it. But now I'm like, damn, I kind of like, I don't regret it, but it's like, that would have been really cute and make, it's great to celebrate your differences. You know, there's nothing wrong with a gap in between teeth. There's nothing wrong with your your teeth being perfect. Like it's whatever makes you who you are. And so it's funny, but yeah. So when I was 13, I got the gap in between my teeth filled in. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I like I like that tidbit. That's interesting. Well, I had braces twice. I was a lost cause. My teeth wow. were like backwards and upside down. Like they were insane. Well, so I got braces <laughs> first in second grade and then I got them again in middle school cuz my teeth were wild. I don't know what Aww. happened. My mom was like, "We're fixing this now. So you l- you look the the crazy." I know. Probably similar. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, so here's a few questions from some of our followers. Peggy, who follows us both closely, love Peggy, asks, Sophie, what is your biggest motivation and inspiration?
0: Good question. Right now, I'd say my biggest motivation and inspiration are the kids. I'd say like that's my reason, like my why of doing things is just kind of kind of Kai and Leo, just knowing that like I'm setting the tone for the rest of their lives and like why I'm choosing the things I'm choosing. And would I be comfortable with them seeing this in 10 years? Would I be comfortable? Like, are they going to be proud to be the son of this person? So that's kind of like where I come from. Um, when I decide if I want to do something or not, like in anything, you know, in terms of like branding or this commercial or whatever. Um, but also a D, like a D is like a huge inspiration to me and and motivation because he wakes up every day as if he's been given a second chance because he did. Mm-hmm. So when he wakes up in the morning, he's like ready to go. He's on, he's like, let's do this. Let's take on this day. Whereas I'm kind of like, eh, I want to just kind of lay in bed a little longer. And it, it's just, it's really nice to have that and to wake up every day beside him because he is so on and so inspired. Like I, I'm i a very inspired happy positive person, but I'm not living as if it's my second chance. So to have that extra element makes his drive that much more powerful that like you can just feel it being in the room with him. Yeah. It's really it's really inspiring and it's consistent over the past twelve years I've known him. Wow. I think everybody needs a
1: person like that in their life. Yeah.
0: Whether it's your best friend or your you know, someone very close to you in your circle—you uh, definitely in a partner. Like your partner, better inspire you. Oh, for sure. You know, and I inspire him. I know that. Yeah, no, you and
1: definitely do. He's so proud of you. Yeah, so inspired.
0: It's, it's by you. really important.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. so important. I love that. So Nicole McLean had a few good questions. Um, the these are for both of us. So. The way that we divulge our world to the public is becoming a more common currency, and I think it's awesome that we found such a great outlet. Do we ever find ourselves regretting sharing so much with such a large and relatively anonymous audience? Um, I mean, occasionally, I I regret that because (laughs) I write out of emotion, so... With blogging and with Instagram captions, mm-hmm. it's so much writing that it's like, if I have something that I'm going through, yeah. yeah, it's very vulnerable. And I like to share yes. and I like the authenticity factor of my blog and your social media. Um, so I feel like, why not be super honest about how I'm feeling? Yeah. So sometimes I'll be like, oh my God, you guys, I just got off this like insanely emotional phone call. Yeah. I'm having a really hard day. Here's a quote that helped me out. Um, let's just remember that life comes in seasons. Things get better. Like I was so happy yesterday. Now I'm so low and just sharing all this stuff. And it's not that I regret sharing it because in the moment it did feel right. And it's not like I just do it so much on a whim that I don't give it any thought because I do give it thought. Like is this, is this a good thing to share? Yeah. Is this going to help people or yeah. is this just me like complaining? Yeah. Um But the only times I really regret it looking back are when I unnecessarily make people who actually know me worry, (laughs) where I did that like two weeks ago and so many people contacted me like, are you okay? What's going on? And I'm like, no, I'm so okay. I'm like so recharged from sharing myself and my emotion. I'm not sad at all. Like I'm not sad at all. I'm just showing vulnerability and being raw and being yeah. open. I was having a challenging morning, but I'm very happy. And so for people in my in my personal right. life yeah, who don't do that crazy. kind of stuff, yeah. they're just like you, okay, yeah. like did I upset you right. or you know, like relationships and yeah. things like that. I have to go and be like, "Oh no, no, no this isn't about you." "Oh no, 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 this is about my family." Or like, yeah. "No, family, this isn't about you. This is about like some stranger exactly. or whatever." And so it's a lot of damage control right. when you're so public. Yeah. And it makes it easy to forget that it's so public yeah. if you're just sharing from the heart, right. because it's, it's just you. Like I you mean. just think you're just. It's like an online journal. It's like yeah. A deal, but like exactly. A so I try to be
0: careful with my
1: words. But yeah. how do you feel?
0: I I'm starting to give a lot less shits about what anyone thinks. I just I want to put out there my authentic voice, mm-hmm. and if it upsets someone, so be it. Um, I don't know if that's right or wrong. All I know is that I can't hold back from my truth and that the more I pave my way in this world and the more that I am leaving a imprint on people, I need to be myself. And I can't with the constant facade on Instagram and the constant facade on anything in in the internet world. Like it's just too clean. It's too perfect. And it makes me want to vomit. So I, like, I need to be able to interject. Like maybe it's a beautiful yoga photo, but like, that's not going to just be like a positive quote and peace out. It's going to be like, I did this pose yesterday. Today I'm laying flat in my bed and X, Y, and Z. Like, does anyone want to see me actually laying flat in my bed? Probably not. So I'm, I'm definitely filtering it in that way. Like I'm not sobbing and taking a selfie while I'm sobbing, but I will tell you that I was sobbing and I will tell you most of why without hurting anyone's feelings or without getting too personal. But I do think that there's a certain level for my mission. Part of my strength is in my vulnerability and part of like, what a D and I have been through with all of our history, part of that, what's helped me grow as a person and individual is being really open and vulnerable. And so it's important for my branding and important for who I am in the world and who I wanna be going forward. If I do write a book, If I am on a TV show, which I'm going to be, if I am, you know, like, who do I want to be? And these questions come up. Like, that's something really exciting that's coming up. I'm going to be on a reality TV show. Who do I want to be on that show? Do I want to be someone who's super, like, perfect and, like, has it all together and, like, show that side? I could, but it wouldn't be authentic. And I would constantly look at myself as a liar if I didn't put the whole picture there Mm -hmm. for me. For someone else they're like, "Look, private life, public life, different." And for exactly. me, I'm like, "Nope." <laughs> me too. I I can't be public unless I share part of my private and in an authentic way without be, again, without being too much, but just being like, "Look, this is the reality of the way things are. It's not it's not perfect all the time, and here's an example." You know, not just saying it. There's ups and downs, guys, right. like for every ebb, there's a flow, like, blah, blah, blah. It's fake. It's, it's just, like, very selective. And it's, it's not actually letting anyone see the depths of who you are. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, I experience downs. Right. Like, okay. Do you, though? Because you don't show yeah. anything else ever. And, like, I follow you on all forms of social media, and it's always roses. Like, right. Really? You know, so there's a fine balance for sure. Like I definitely shouldn't get on Snapchat after I have a fight with a D and like go ranting about him. But I can say after I've thought about it for a little while and like let it settle in, like, wow, I just went through something tough. Here's what I learned from it. Here's what I'm feeling right now. And I think that helps serve the world in a better way to just be like, look, we all have problems, but you can work through them, right? Like with your partner, with yourself, with your friends, like in your life, there's always hope. There's always like, There's always hope. Anything is possible. But purging when you need to and getting rid of what doesn't serve you is really important. And part of that for me is writing and expressing and connecting with others. That's part of who I am. It's part of my nature. Yeah,
1: I totally agree. And I think the other component of that is if you're putting yourself out there publicly and you're not being totally true to who you are and the flip side of the positivity is like real stuff happens. If you're not putting that out there, it's very easy to get burnt out on that not so real personality that you're trying so hard to make everybody believe
0: and then you just get sick of what you're doing so there's no passion behind it. Exactly. So one of the things like my kind of mantra for this year has been that there's darkness in your medicine. I mean there's sorry, there's medicine in your darkness. Yes. Yeah. And that's so profound for me because I've been always such a positive person and a bright person and, da, 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 and that's what I think people expect from me and I'm a people pleaser so I always think, like, I can't show my darkness because then people will be like, what's wrong with her? Right. But that's not true. There's medicine no. in your darkness. And if there's, like, I've had one of the hardest years this year, but it's been really good because I've been, like, really taking in all that darkness and, and letting it help me grow and learn. And, and it, it actually fills me up by, like, looking at the darkness instead of being afraid of it. Yeah. I feel the same way, and
1: it's crazy how parallel our lives are all of the time because this has been, too, just, like, the hardest year. There's so much darkness, but so much lightness, too. It's not – it's kind of the same as before. Like I said, like, no, don't worry about me. There's nothing depressing or or awful happening. It's just been dark. Like, there have been hard times. That's a reality. Yeah, and I'm happy to be getting that medicine. I don't think that you can fully appreciate the good things in life without having that flip side you just can't so it might be really hard but you have to keep pushing yeah we do so um so nicole had one more question as far as our personal brand and business how did we advocate for ourselves when we first started? And how did we decide when and how to take on new projects or pursue new directions? So Sophie kind of spoke to this about starting her brand. But um, for me, how did I advocate for myself when I first started? I had no idea what I was doing. I got on the internet, made a blog. Um, Actually, my web developer made me a blog. I was so not tech savvy at all. But I advocated for myself by basically just writing on the blog. So it was really fun. It was theblondevegan.com at the time. And I just put so much content out there, so much healthy recipes and words. And it was always very much lifestyle. So it was always putting all that lifestyle content out there. And I didn't advocate for myself. I didn't even know. I didn't, I didn't know that this was going to be a career. I just thought, this is just what I'm doing. I'm so passionate about this. I'm always going to connect with my audience, always going to interact. I can't believe these people love so much what, what I'm sharing with them. How cool. And then over time, that connected me with so many people in my life, like Sophie and, I mean, just like tons of people who were doing similar things. And then it became a business, and now I do have to advocate for myself. So how did I decide when to take on new projects? I do it when it feels right. Started a podcast because it felt right. It just felt like I just want to connect with people off the internet. I want to gather my inspirational friends together and talk about things that I think will help other people. So I just always take new things on when i want to and when i don't when i take something on because i feel like i should or because somebody else tells me that i should yeah. or because mm-hmm. someone tells me it's a good business decision yeah. or something yeah. that's when i crash and yeah. burn Same. have emotional breakdowns yeah. and can't sustain it yeah. like yeah like how many yeah. people have noticed the um oh it's 201 it's my it's my lucky I time yeah learn. sophie knows this um 201's my crazy lucky number but um yeah, you've probably noticed if you follow my blog, I've started all sorts of different things like, oh, this is going to be a series every week. I do that all the time. And then it never comes back up again. And and people don't really ask like, what happened to that series? Because I think people just follow and they're like, okay, well, you're happy. You're doing other stuff. So just do what feels right. Because if you try to do something that doesn't feel right, you're not going to continue. Your series will burn out (laughs) as I learned. Um, So yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, Sophie. Sophie agrees. Um, so, one last question, and then Sophie's going to go pick up Kai because her and I talked for way too long when she first got here because we just we hadn't seen each other in a while. We had a lot to talk about. So, this is from Marissa Cohen Faith, who we both have spoken to a lot. She's a great, great reader of both of our stuff. What is our philosophy on what I eat in a day videos? Um, I don't. I don't really agree with what I eat in a day videos I mean I think it's interesting and I watch them like I've been sucked down the YouTube hole of watching people talk about what they eat in a day and I think it's fascinating but I also think it promotes disordered eating because if you're just going to base your food off of what somebody else is eating with like totally different body type totally different activity
0: level different schedule different food intolerances etc just no, just listen to yourself. So I've done a few, what I eat in a day videos and it's been fun because I literally just do (laughs) like, what would I eat in a day on a vegan plant-based day? day? And then I just give examples of that. Um, and like, I'm going to do one that's like on a more like meat, like non-vegan version. Like, what do I eat on that day? I'm going to do one of each to show like it's, I don't just eat vegan. I don't put myself in a box. I don't only eat paleo. I don't only eat anything ever. Like I am a flexitarian. And what that means to me is that like, I do what feels good. Like we talked about earlier and what feels right to me. So the reason that I do these, what I eat in a day is because I get so many questions about it. And I want to show the balance of like, mostly I eat a lot. And that's kind of the point of these videos is like, yep, I'm eating again, like breakfast, lunch, dinner, two snacks, maybe a third, dessert sometimes, and like just the reality of that. I have a big appetite, and I'm true to that. And on hungrier days, I'm going to eat more. And these are examples of things that I eat in a normal course of the day. It's not what I eat every day, definitely. Um, I like to always switch it up. But yeah, I think the main point is, here are some great ideas of what to eat throughout a day to stay balanced and keep your energy levels strong. But always at the end of the day, tuning into what you want and what feels good in your body.
1: No, I totally agree. There's nothing wrong with what I eat in a day videos. I think it's awesome to get inspiration from other people. But if you watch the video and then say, oh, I love Sophie's body. I'm just going to eat exactly what she ate. Maybe do it for one day for fun, but just know that Sophie doesn't eat the same thing every day. So Absolutely. I think it's good to learn. So I don't want to keep her for too long. I could easily keep her forever. So we'll say bye to Sophie, and then I'll close out with you guys. I'll have just whatever, a concluding kind of thing. I, I feel like I still have more to say. But let's let's say bye to Sophie. She can tell us where we can find her. And um, I just want to throw it out there that Sophie and I – We love to do stuff together. We will probably one day have a cooking show together. We have tons of ideas. So stay tuned for collabs but tell us where we can find you Soph and
0: then go pick up your children yes. um, thephilosophy.com is my blog spelled with my name philosophy.com and then at philosophy mama for Instagram um, is my personal and then at philosophy love is our company account where we want you to tag us in your recipe photos and anything that's inspiring you in the philosophy tribe and same philosophy mama on YouTube we have a YouTube channel please subscribe and tune into that and um, Facebook, Twitter, all of that is Philosophy Mama as well.
1: Yay, all of that is amazing. Thank you, Sophie. we love you. I'm going to walk you out and then I'll, yeah. then I'll keep recording. Yeah. Okay, guys, I just walked Sophie out. I did not want to keep her for any longer than I had to. But I just wanted to come on and say my final goodbyes for this episode. This sounds so weird. I'm still getting used to podcasting. I don't know why I just said my final goodbyes like this is like the closing of a season of some kind of show that's been on forever or something. That is so not what I meant. Um, I was just so excited to have Sophie on today. She's such a good friend of mine. She's somebody who inspires me a ton. And a lot of you guys have told me that she inspires you as well, which is not hard to believe because she does just such incredible things. She's philosophy mama on Instagram. She's one of the people who inspired me to share the really long captions that I do share and to be vulnerable and authentic and open and to share when I'm having a bad day and also get really spiritual and talk about yoga and do all these things because I feel like she really breaks the norms from the whole thinking of yoga as just this really unattainable thing for this one particular type of really hippie person. None of that's true. Sophie and I are both in this Los Angeles world. We are straddling the wellness industry, the entertainment industry, all sorts of things. She's a mom. You can be spiritual. You can be into yoga. You can run a business. You can be a friend. You can be a wife. You can be all these things. And you can do it all and you can still be true to yourself. So that is what I have to say about Sophie Other than that, I think I'm just so incredibly excited about this podcast and I can't say that enough. It's so fun to connect with you guys here. So keep sending feedback. Um, I've been getting feedback after each episode through different ways, through Instagram, through email in person from some of you. So keep it coming because I just want to give you what you're going to like. I'm open to anything. I would even sit here and talk for a whole episode about things or answering your questions if you wanted me to. But it's also really fun to have guests. I have some really fun guests coming up like Kelly Lavac, my nutritionist, who's also a really good friend of mine. I have Hudson, my cat, coming on. I'm serious. Through my animal communicator, Miranda. And Hudson and I have spoken through Miranda a few times. So this is going to be real interesting, really awesome. I have one of my best friends coming on. I have my previous interns, Christina and Danica, coming on. So we have good stuff coming up. And I just am so grateful for you guys. So I hope everybody's having a good day. And we will see you next week. Bye.